You're now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with my dad. You're going to love it. Welcome back to another episode of Washington football team declassified. I am your host, L.E. We got Eric in the building. Say what's up to the people, Eric. Howdy, howdy. And we got a special guest in the building. We got Brett, man. Tell him, tell him what's up, Brett. What's going on, man? Happy to be here. All right. Tell them where they can find you, too, Brett. All right. On Twitter, I'm at TBE Report. I'm just, you know, I got a website where I write articles about the, you know, about the football team and just been a fan my entire life. So just excited to talk. He does great work. Make sure you check that out. I'm not just selling you anything. He does really good work, man. I, I look at it all the time. So be Appreciate sure to check that. it out. Free agency's coming up. It's a big deal. We're going to get into that. Before we do, if you're listening to this and you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, take a moment, go do that now, get subscribed, stay locked in. We got a lot of content coming for you every week with me and Eric when he decides to show up for work and uh, great guests, great guests like Brett. So get locked in. I didn't know this was work. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. No, I love it. All right. Let's jump into this because we're going to talk a lot about wide receivers and free agency, some of the running back situations. Um, I wanted to stay largely away from the quarterback position just because it's being talked about so much. But I want to give each of you two minutes to kind of riff on what you think is going to happen at the quarterback position. And Brett, I'm going to start with you. All right. At the quarterback position, man, I, I've, you know, like you said, it's just been talked about so much. So I've gone back and forth on it a whole lot. But uh, I think what I've settled down on is I've kind of narrowed my list down to four names. I think that are possibilities to take the first snap week one. And I think you're down to Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, Marcus Mariota, and Sam Darnold. And that's not an extremely inspiring list at all. Uh, but I think, I, I think the best plan of action right now and what they're looking at is you're going to bring in either Darnold or Mariota, and you're going to have one of those two compete with Heineke and Allen, who they just uh, tender today as an earn, right, earn rights free agent. But I really think the coaching staff, they love Kyle Allen. They're comfortable with Taylor Heineke. And I feel like if they're in the position where they believe if they put talent around one of, one of those guys – then they can thrive in that system and be successful. Eric, give me right. options. Brett, I like your list. I'm going to swap out Darnold and I'm going to substitute Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think Mariota or Bridgewater is probably the guy that's coming in. I know that Matt Rule just came out and said, that's my quarterback today, <laughs> but um, he's lying through his teeth. They're trying to upgrade that position. He's going to be available. And I, Rivera has shown in the past, he's very big on being comfortable with his guys. Um, and his guys are comfortable, uh, likely with Teddy Bridgewater. He's a Scott Turner guy. He's a Marty Herney signed him. So I think that's probably, I put him a little bit ahead of, uh, of a Sam Darnold, um, mainly because there's probably going to be more of a market for Darnold. Uh, if the trade opens up, it seems like a lot of front office people, um, think he's good or potentially good. Um, but I think you're, I think you're spot on with the rest of it. Um, Taylor Heineke. Uh, and Kyle Allen are definitely going to be on the roster and they're going to get a chance to compete as they should. They both played well enough last year that they can get a chance to come in and compete. I don't think either one of them can stay healthy. Um, and I don't really think either one of them, like if one of those guys wins the job, it's because the front office didn't do a good job open, uh, upgrading the quarterback position. Um, so yeah, I'm going to roll with Bridgewater, uh, Mariota, Allen and Heineke would be my four. Man, I, you hit it for me, Eric, right there on the head when you said that the health factor for both Heineke and Allen are going to be the reasons why I don't believe that they're going to be the starter. 
Um, it's tough to think about us going into the season with the defense that was top four uh, for the better part of last year and risking that on quarterbacks who can't stay healthy because if they get hurt, then what do you do, right? You've ba essentially wasted a season of a really good defense, and we know defenses like to regress as the years go on. Uh, so I think they're going to be aggressive, semi-aggressive. I don't think we're going to get a top flight guy. I think, and we're all kind of saying that right now, right? With the list that we put together, top flight guys out of the question. I think they can win or they believe they can win with an average to slightly above average quarterback. I think it's, it's three things. I think it's Mariota. I think it's going to be, um, I think Brissett's might be in the conversation and, um, the other guy that you named Eric, which is in my mind right now. I think those are Bridgewater. Three, Bridgewater. Thank you. I think those are the three options. It's, but it, don't rule out. And I said this last time and you laughed at me and I'm going to say it again. After the draft, if they don't feel like they've upgraded enough, they're going to be calling the Falcons about Matt Ryan. No, uh -oh. Just saying they're going to do it. If, uh -oh. you know, lots got to happen in between then, but I see it happening. Okay. I would. Okay. The thing with Bridgewater, uh, he had a lot of interceptions last year. I think they like Mariota's mobility. I think his mobility fits into the system better. I got another question for each of you. And I'm going to go back to you, Brett. Why not Cam? Man, I, you know, I I was one of those guys, I think, originally who was uh, super anti-Cam. Uh, but I think I've come around a little bit more on it now. The reason I don't put it on the list is just because I think, I, I think he's just not what they want right now. I think they want to go with the guy who they truly believe can be the long-term solution. I don't think that they believe Cam is that. If you watch his film from this last season, uh, the arm strength that he had, you know, back in that 2015 run with the Panthers, clearly not the same guy that you're talking about from that time period. Um, winning seven games with that roster is somewhat impressive, I think, in a much tougher division than the NFC East. But, uh, but I think overall I, I couldn't include him on my list. All right, Eric, what about you, man? Yeah, they had a chance to sign him last year, and they didn't. Um, I think if, you know, most guys, they'll, they'll roll into training camp in their Bentleys. Um, in order for me to bring in Cam, he'd have to roll in in like a DeLorean from 2015 <laughs> because that's he's just, I, he's just not the player that he was. He's taken way too many hits, and, you know, he I, like I would have taken him two years ago easy, but this year I, I just think he's he's been hit too much. And I don't think he's just, he's not what he was anymore. He was never the best passer. And now that he would have to more, you know, I see like the, uh, the McNabb comparison where he was never the greatest passer, but he got by because of athleticism. But once that started to fade, he got, we got Redskins McNabb. And I think that's kind of where Cam's at at this point too. I think it's not Cam because I think they want system discipline. And I think there's quarterbacks they feel that can play more discipline within the system that they have, especially with Scott Turner. Cam and Scott Turner weren't really a, a match, right? Because it was mostly Norv Turner. Um, and Scott kind of came at the end of the year and Scott didn't want Cam. He wanted uh, Kyle Allen, right? And then the ownership in, in Carolina wanted uh, Will Greer to see what he has. So I think they just want a little bit more system discipline. All right, let's get into what we had on our agenda. Eric, kick us off, man. Do you expect them to be aggressive in free agency this year? Um, semi. I think um, you're going to see a lot like what you saw last year. They're going to go after the guys they want, and they're going to go after them hard. And if they don't get them, they're going to start bargain shopping. Uh, I'm curious to see who those guys are. That's the main thing, I, I you know, because they're this. I'm used to this organization having leaks out the wazoo, and we're finding stuff out early. But like, they're really tight-lipped about this. So, I'm curious to see if like Curtis Samuel's that dude that they want to go after hard because they know him and they feel good about him, or if it's like uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, or you know somebody like that, um, or you know who knows? It could be you know 
that kid from what's his name the linebacker from buffalo milano with his yeah. delicious tea cookies could be him <laughs> um but who knows i you know i'm curious to see who they are but i think i think we saw i think we saw what they're going to do we saw a blueprint for that last year it's going to be we know who we want we're going to throw the you know brinks we're going to back up the brinks truck um but if they say no then we're not going to just sign the next guy it's got to be the right fit for us so i see that happening so i see yeah they're gonna they're willing to spend money but they're selective on who they spend it on all right hit me brett yeah, he actually brought up two names that I wanted to mention, and I agree with them perfectly. The first thing I wrote down when I was thinking about this was, yes, they're going to be aggressive, but I don't think it's going to be as much as we would like them to be. I think, like you know, like Eric alluded to, I think they're going to take one or two swings at big, big name guys with with big money, uh, big price tags on them. But I think they'll likely stick to the guys that they feel are scheme fits, like Eric said, you know, like a Curtis Samuel or a Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, someone like that. And then uh, the Dolphins actually just releasing Kyle Van Noy. I think that's a name to watch because I think he's a guy that can fit uh, what we're doing defensively in a position of need on that side of the ball. I got nothing to add, man. You guys, you guys killed that. I, I legitimately have nothing to add. I think it's semi-aggressive. I think that's about all you're going to get. I think some folks are going to walk away from free agency disappointed um, because we're used to the Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen combo free agency periods, right? But we're like, who's the biggest name? 30 year deal, $10 trillion. <laughs> You're with us for life, that kind of thing. It's not gonna be that anymore. Uh, one of the big positions, I think we all agree they're gonna address this offseason one way or another is wide receiver. Eric, you started to name a few, so I'm gonna make you go last. Brett, talk to me about what wide receivers you think. Um, first of all, tell me what you think is missing from this offense at the wide receiver position. We'll start there. I think uh, the most pressing hold that you've got to look at is a legitimate number two, right? Because we saw for spans of games this season where McLaurin was basically practically disappeared, you know, and it wasn't anything that he wasn't or was doing. It was just the fact that they could assign two guys and bracket coverage him and they wouldn't have to, they would, they didn't feel threatened by a Cam Sims or Isaiah Wright or Steven Sims. So I think really you've got to address the number two. And then, you know, I'm looking at the, the, you know, options that they have in both in free agency and the draft, because I think this is one of the deepest draft classes at receiver that you've, you've we've seen in a while. But uh, a name that I really want to keep track of that I think a lot of people have forgotten is Kelvin Harmon. You know, he's a guy who showed quite a bit of promise last season, you know, had that ankle injury, has been battling back from that, didn't play at all this season. So I think it a lot of it will come down to how they feel about rostered guys. Uh, and then, of course, a close second is slot receiver because Steven Sims was a very much a disappointment this season. And I'd love to see a Curtis Samuel. And then you have guys in the draft such as Kadarius Toney, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss that can step in and fill that role. Brett, what happened to Steven Sims? Please explain what went wrong with him last year. Man, I, I have no idea, man. I, I just – because – 2019, he was so electric, right? I mean, both on special teams and on offense. Just, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what happened. Just not the same level of production. Hurts my heart, man. Eric, all right, what's the offense miss at the wide receiver position and how are they going to fill it? Yeah, so I think what they're missing is just better versions of what they already have. Like they have, like you look at a Cam Sims and he's like the perfect number two possession receiver, like prototype. He's just not that great. Same thing with Steven Sims. He's like a little kind of shifty slot guy that you can do a lot of fun stuff with. He just can't execute. So you need guys that like that who can execute. Um, Cam Sims is a very like prototype slot receiver, or uh, sorry, number two receiver who just, you know, he's supposed to be able to make tough catches in traffic, pick up yards, find holes in the zone. 
Um, and he, he, he's just not that great at it. So I think if you want like a better version of him, it would be a Corey Davis from Tennessee. And again, Brett had mentioned, um, had mentioned, uh, oh, I already lost his name. And Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. Yeah. Thank you. So Brett had mentioned Kelvin Harmon and, um, <laughs> I think Corey Davis is like Kelvin Harmon's ceiling. He's really like that guy, that type of receiver. He's just a, a very solid player. He's not a big separator, but he can make, he's a strong guy, big guy, can make tough catches, get yards after the catch. Um, and he's just a, a really solid possession receiver. And I, and I really like Kelvin Harmon, and I, I hope he gets the chance that he needs. You know, I know that he was injured last year and the coaching staff didn't draft him. So I'm a little concerned that he may not get the opportunity um, to prove himself because I really think he can be that guy. But if you're going to bring in that type of guy, I would look at like a Corey Davis. Um, and the other, the other guy, the other piece was Steven Sims Jr., who's a, a um, slot guy, a little shifty guy that you can do a lot of fun stuff with, uh, a lot of gimmick plays. He's just, he doesn't, he, he, he leaves, he puts the ball on the ground too much. He doesn't make the right type of plays, but he's the kind of player you need. And Curtis Samuel is like just that dude, but like a big upgrade. So that's the kind of, that's who I would really target. And I hope they go after him. And Juju Smith Schuster is another one. I'm curious about him because I don't know a lot about the player. Um, I don't like Pittsburgh, so I try not to follow them. So I don't know what his deal is. Is he like a head case or something? Is he, what are, what are his issues that he has? Cause people seem like really like offended at times. Like I read kind of Twitter and people just really don't like the idea of him. So I don't know what his deal is, but he seems like he's a, you know, his production dipped a little bit when he lost Antonio Brown. But, you know, with McLaurin on the other side of him and maybe another uh, another receiver, I think he can really get the job done. I mean, I just don't know if he's like a diva. Um, another guy I really like is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I just like him. I, I don't know how I don't know what a scheme fit is. I know he's kind of a diva. I don't know how he would mesh with the coaching staff, but I, I just have always liked him his whole career. I've enjoyed watching him play. Um, but I definitely think we're Washington is going to look at wide receiver and free agency in the draft. Uh, Brett nailed Kadarius Tony's like a great idea as a draft pick. I really love um uh I wrote it down and uh kid from Minnesota, the wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. Love him. Um he's another, he's almost like a Terry clone to me. He's I love him. Uh really good player. Um and he can really be a good player. So if they go, if they go receiver in the draft, I would not be upset at one of those guys. I think uh, so. To answer your question about Juju, I think it's multiple things. Number one, he plays for Pittsburgh, and you know how those franchises with a lot of Super Bowls, Just people don't like him. <laughs> Second of all, he does celebrate. I don't think he's a head case. I think he just he's one of those uh, really boisterous, you know, outgoing uh, personality types, right? Even when his team's not doing the best on the field, I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He's a solid player. The big issue is exactly what you said, though. His numbers dipped when Ant Antonio Brown left, right? Um, and so. He wanted to be considered a number one wide receiver, but really I think this year proved that he's a strong number two receiver. So um, him here for me, I don't like that. I don't, I really don't like the fit. I think that this offense is missing a deep threat. I think we need a pure deep threat. I think the, uh, the front office tried to fill that need last year with uh, Jeff Bidet. We had uh, Robert Davis, a couple of guys who really aren't talented enough to play at the NFL level, level but they saw the skill set that they provided really fast guys that can go run and go get the ball. Um, I think they're going to try to fill that need with a higher price free agent. I think they regretted not signing Robbie Anderson last year, and I think they're going to try to correct that this year. I like Curtis Samuel. For some reason, I don't, I don't see that happening. Maybe it's just because of the amount of competition that's going to be out there for him. 
you know, teams are going to be in need of a wide receiver that doesn't cost them $20 million a year. I don't think Curtis Samuel is going to cost you $20 million. I think you can probably get him for twelve to fifteen. So there's going to be a lot of competition for his market. Um, so that's not, now in terms of a slot, I want to believe in Steven Sims so bad, like so, so bad because you see oh, the tools. Man. It just doesn't come together in the way that you need it to at the level you need it to. So I'm going to go to USC and get Armand Ross St. Brown. I've, I've talked about him before. That's, that's a guy I really like. He plays hard. He's a hard-nosed player. He goes up and gets the ball, but he can also get open from the slot. I would fill that need that way. Um, let me ask you, Eric. Terry McLaurin. We've, we've debated about whether or not he's a number one receiver. I think we're kind of at the point where, yes, he's a number one. Is he elite number one? Maybe not yet, but he's a really, really strong number one wide receiver. Is he a deep threat, though, yep. in your opinion? He is. I mean, go back to go back to before anybody realized what he was. Look at that first game he played at Philadelphia, and he absolutely torched them because they just thought they could cover him with one dude, and that just worked out horribly. And once teams figured out what he can do, I mean, the guy running, he's a 4-3-5 guy. He's a bull. Like, he doesn't come down easily. Um, he can run right by people. And I think that the amount of attention he gets has kind of slowed the – uh, deep threat kind of slowed him as a deep threat just because Washington or the teams know we don't have anybody else um, that's going to beat him. And he's uh, so he gets all the attention and he's always got a safety over him. He's always he's never running free. Um, they He's almost never single covered. So, yeah, he's I absolutely see him as a deep threat. OK, Brett, what say you? Uh, I think Eric hit the nail on the head here. I, I, I said not in a traditional sense. I think he's not a he's not a Tyree Kill. He's not a you know a guy who's just a, a you know short shorter, just blazing fast or whatever. But I think like he said, like Eric said, I mean, when he is not getting, you know, always having a safety shadowing him everywhere he goes on the field, I think he has those opportunities like we saw his rookie season where he can really take the top off of defense. We didn't get to see it as much this year because of the fact that there's no other threats on the field. So defenses made him their number one priority. Yeah, I think what sets him apart from like Tyreek Hill, he's not that he's the, he doesn't have that speed, but what he has is he's a route runner. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm the old guy here, but a guy named Gary Clark set the standard for like what route running can do. Cause he was like a four, seven guy and he was always open deep. Um, so, I mean, route running is, there's a lot to be said for that. And when you combine, route running ability that Terry has with four, three, five speed, he can absolutely torch a defense if they, you know, if he has a little help and somebody to take the pressure off him. Isn't that crazy? You just said a guy with four, three, five speed doesn't have the speed to keep up with Tyree kill. Like that just tells you how yeah, fast a, <laughs> a guy like Tyree kill is. Um, see, in my opinion, being a deep threat is a, is a particular skill set. And I think that there are some things involved in that, that Terry still needs to grow at. Um, if he can, and, and I got to add my disclaimer, anytime I say anything uh, non-religious about Terry, I think he is a phenomenal receiver. And I think a lot of receivers can make a lot of money and be really good for you without being a true deep threat. Okay. I don't hate Terry. I love the guy. I'm glad he plays for us. But what I want to see more of is better ball tracking on a ball down the sideline. I want to see him better at the point of catch for those 50, 50 jump balls. I saw a lot of throws over the last few years with Terry where um, the ball's up, his guy's back to the ball, he turns around to catch it, he doesn't come down with it. You know what I mean? When he start, when he loses sight of that ball for a second, he doesn't recover well like some of the elite deep threat receivers do. Um, other than that, I'm, I, I agree with you guys. I want to see him do a little bit more than the deep post routes, which is what he did against Philadelphia that you're talking about. 
I need guys that can go straight down the sideline and go get that ball, right, uh, and make a play that way. If he shows me that, I'm fully on board with that. And honestly, we're going to have to pay Terry after this season, right, because he's going to go into the last year of his deal. So I think if we're going to give him the money that I think he commands, which is going to be probably in that $20 million range, right, I want to see that last piece of that skill set really develop if he has it in him. So I'm looking forward to that. None of you guys – mentioned Antonio Gandy Golden as part of the wide receiver solution this coming year. I talked to his college coaches last week. If you listen to the podcast, they restored my hope and faith in that guy. Uh, why didn't you guys bring him up? Uh, Brett, kick us off there. No, I actually had him written down here uh, for the third point about, you know, Washington addressing receiver and, and free agency, because I think he's one of those guys that the coaching staff wants to see develop. Uh, I, I think, you know, he didn't perform as well, you know, this season and the opportunities he got. I believe it was the Carolina game. He played 50-some-odd snaps and uh, I think had a couple targets and maybe one reception. But, uh, you know, just a guy who I really wanted – I was very excited about when we drafted him. You know, I was watching his tape and, you know, a very explosive guy who, you know, is one of those route runners that, you know, can, can create space. So, yeah, I wanted to bring him up because I think – He'll get another chance this season. I think this is a huge season for him and his football career, you know, when it comes right down to it. Because if he doesn't stay on the field healthy and, and show promise this season, I think they'll look to move on. Yeah, I didn't bring him up because he just doesn't – he didn't do enough last year. Um, however, I do think he's the biggest threat to Kelvin Harmon on the roster um, because they're both the same type of player and neither play special teams. And – he was drafted by this coaching staff and Kelvin wasn't. So I think he's got a little bit of a heads up. I just personally, based on what I've seen on the football field, have more faith in Kelvin Harmon. I, and I, and I could be very wrong on Gandy golden um, because, you know, I did listen to your podcast and I, you know, I feel good about what he can do, but I, with the grain of salt that you were talking to his college coach. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I want him to do well. I think yeah, I was really excited when they drafted him as well. I just haven't seen it from him. So, you know, until he shows it on the field, I'm just kind of going to put him in the back burner. But yeah, like I said, I do think he's the biggest threat to Harmon uh, as far as making the roster this year. Also, I, I, sorry, just real quick. Also, a name I wanted to bring up, you know, if they do decide to move on from AGG, you know, this season, or if they wanted to add a, a mid-round guy who's, you know, kind of one of those possession guys that can track the ball or whatnot, uh, North Carolina's Daz Newsom is a guy that I've really been intrigued by. Uh, his ability to track the ball in the air and, and come down with those 50-50 balls and whatnot. So I just kind of wanted to put his name out there as just a possibility as a kind of a, a draft guy to watch in the draft look at that we get excuse exclusive from brett and if this guy comes to our team and he pops you're coming back on this podcast and we're gonna give you all the props in the world for that because i've never heard of that guy so <laughs> i'm gonna look out for him now i i actually think they're gonna target somebody like a will fuller in free agency though to take care of that need but we'll see we'll see um <laughs> Harmon and agg is a very interesting conversation and probably one worthy of its own podcast at some point but yep. i to me, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm going to keep both of those guys and I'm going to walk away from Cam Sims. He's been in the league for a while now, has not consistently produced, but he is so good on special teams, man. It That's would be the thing. really That's difficult. what's going to, you know, yeah. if, you're, if it's your fourth wide receiver, then you need that dude to be able to play special teams. And you know, Gandy Golden and Harmon have not been special teamers in the past. So that's, you know, that's what keeps Sims in the league. And I think he knows that. So I, I don't even hate on him that much because I know that he probably shouldn't have been a starting wide receiver. Um, 
you know, it's not his fault that the guys in front of him couldn't beat him out. Um, but yeah, I think he's special teams is what's keeping him in business. So that's why I think it would come down to either Harmon or Gandy Golden if it were like today. And it could be completely different by the time training camp rolls around. Absolutely. All right. Running back position. We saw this new breakout star, Antonio Gibson, right? Come out of nowhere. A lot of people, when they draft him, oh, no, he's a wide receiver, y'all. He's not going to, you know, he's, he's going to be more of a gadget guy. And then at the end of the season, we felt like we had found a dude um, who's really going to tote the rock for us and, and give us big numbers. Um, I'm going to start with this question. Uh, first of all, do you guys, what do you guys think uh, Gibson's ceiling is? And is he a feature back? Um, Brett, you take it. You know, from the first game that he played, you know, I think we saw a really smooth progression from him. From week to week, he got better and better, just seemingly more comfortable running the ball. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 16 total career carries at the college level. And I think he got, you know, much more comfortable as he went along. Uh, is he a feature back? I, I said it's too early to tell, I think. I think the injury kind of stunted his progression. We didn't get to really see a full 16-game body of work from him uh, and get to really see what a healthy Antonio Gibson, when he's, you know, getting all of those reps in meaningful situations and seeing how he develops into – because I, I think the ceiling for him, and I think he can develop into a feature back because he has that raw natural ability – you know, we saw it against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. We saw it multiple times. So I think if he comes back this season and he's fully healthy and he stays healthy the full way, I do believe that he can be a feature back. Okay. What you got, E-Man? Yeah, from, from an athletic standpoint, he can definitely – he can be that guy. He's just an athletic marvel. He's a really, really – he's a stud. Um, and he did progress quite well this year. This offseason is really important for him, and I think that him coming in with a full offseason of work – learning about angles, learning about pass protection. That's what's going to, that's, what's going to put him over the top. Cause you know, even towards the end of the season, he was playing well, but you could tell he's still raw. He's, he's not always in the right spot. So uh, you know, it's up to him how good he can be. Honestly, he's, you know, I, the talent is definitely there, um, but it's just going to take the work. Um, and I think, I think from what we've seen of him, he's willing to do the work. So I really think he can develop into a feature back. I don't think he's there yet. He's got a lot of work to do, um, but he can be, he can definitely be a 12, 1300 yard back if he wants to be. No question. I think, I think he can be, but I think within the context of what a feature back in 2021 is, right? He's not a 40 carry back, but that's not what the NFL is anymore. No 28, 30, 35 carries anymore, right? He's a feature back in a split carry backfield, if that makes sense, right? I think, and I'm going to lead to my next question. I think they're going to address the running back position in free agency um, to split carries with. Uh, Antonio Gibson, right? Um, a guy like Mike Davis from Carolina, somebody who's really good at hitting holes in between the numbers. I think Gibson likes to bounce the ball out a lot. Um, and I think that's great because that's really what he does well. He has a lot of speed. He has, he's working on his vision. He showed some great vision. He showed some eh, kind of vision, you know, last year it was up and down. Um, but I think one thing that surprised me that we didn't see more of with them last year is catching the ball out of the backfield. Right. There were games when um, McKissick had seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 catches and he'd have one. Right. I want to see him develop more of that skill set, even if that means he takes less carries this upcoming season, which I think he will. So I think they're going to address that position in free agency. And I think it's probably going to be somebody the likes of Mike Davis. Uh, give me your thoughts, man. Do you think they're going to address the running back position in free agency? Maybe. I don't see it as a huge need. Um, 
personally. I think that, you know, people like to hate on what Peyton Barber did last year, averaging 2.7 yards a carry, but he had one job and his job was to go in and pick up a yard or two yards on third and one or fourth and one. Um, and he did that. Um, and I think that's really all they need from him. So I think that they may go out and they may draft somebody late. They may pick somebody up in free agency just as maybe as like an injury replacement if Gibson were to get hurt. But I really don't know that uh, running back is really that pressing of a need this year. I think if they went into camp with the guys that they had last year, they would be fine and they'd be okay with that. Yeah, I I just think that they need a little bit more because like I said, I don't think Gibson's going to give you 20 carries. I think what you got out of J.D. McKissick last year um, in the passing game is what you want from him. I don't know if he can repeat that in the running game. Let's see. Um, I'm hopeful, but I think they will try to address that either through the draft or free agency. I'm just predicting free agency right now. Um, I think all of our theories kind of lined up between uh, Brett, you and I. Uh, be aggressive responsibly in free agency, right? Don't tie into long-term deals. It's going to be a unique year where players are, are seeking out one-year deals for those that are kind of on that fringe of that money where uh, the salary cap's a little bit lower this year. So the bigger contracts might not be available for certain players. So I think some guys are going to try to dip into free agency again next year. Um, so that might also kind of stall what we're looking to do in free agency. But don't be, don't be upset, right? Be hopeful, be happy that the right guys are in charge. And I think at this point, we all think they are, um, but let's see how this goes because I think this is the first real opportunity of Ron to make his mark on this team, man. Um, so hopefully you're excited, Eric. Are you excited about free agency coming up? I'm feeling good. Something, something to watch, something to read Twitter for. That's right, man. Let me ask you this as a closing question. Are we going to add more wins this year via the draft or via free agency? free agency. I think um, based on the front office structure, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really excited about the draft prospects. Um, with Kyle Smith, I would have said draft, but um, with Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew, uh, their track record is a lot more spotty in the draft than his is. So we'll have a couple of hits and we'll probably have a couple of misses where I, I would feel more confident with somebody like Kyle Smith um, in there. But I think free agency can, we can really make a mark. Uh, with free agency because they you know they seem to have a very good game plan for what they like in free agency and they look for guys that are up and coming and uh, maybe haven't been great so far but they look like they're gonna make a mark soon and I think that's the kind of player we look like so, or they look for and that's who I think that's that's what I think the wins will come from is with um, lower and mid-tier free agents that they pick up kind of in the weeks after the initial rush on March 17th all right guys Get your rest. It's going to be exciting. We might hold back the first few days, but then we're going to unleash the mid-tier talent on you guys. <laughs> That's right. Eric, it's been fun, man. Hopefully you come back and join us again next week. Will do. You got my number now. <laughs> I do indeed. Washington football team declassified listeners, man. We appreciate you guys. Like and subscribe. Leave a review. Hang with us, man.